shouldn't have 13, 14, 15, 16 year old girls DMing me asking me why black guys don't deem them attractive or see them as attractive or respect them or like them. So not only is it our men being disrespectful and degrading us, it's also other groups and other races being disrespectful and degrading us and thinking that it's okay since our men do it. Because majority of the men talking about, oh, I like my women light skin, I like my women red bone, I like my women mixed, da 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 da. Um, are as dark as the top of my concealer. I'm not trying to split us up or split up black people and black men and black women. Like, that's not my intention at all. And people love to say that when in the end, you're using the fact that I'm bringing this up as an excuse to push these issues under the rug and you're trying to avoid having an uncomfortable conversation that you don't want to have. And I'm sick of it. Good afternoon and happy Monday. Welcome back to another episode of Black versus the Board of Education. I'm just waiting for my co-host to go ahead and turn on their cameras so we can see what they look like because I know they're here. <laughs> anyway, it's Monday. That means we're coming to you with another topic. And this topic, uh, I, I told them that, you know, we have to approach it in a, in a certain type of way. Um, so we have no stories for you at the top of the hour. So we're going to go ahead and go to introductions. Melissa, go ahead and kick us off. And then we will introduce our special guests who were brave enough to join us today. Hi, guys. My name is Melissa. I'm a 14-year-old freshman in Southern California and really excited about this conversation. Perfect. Miss Adia. Hi, my name is Adia, and I'm a sophomore in the Sacramento area. Miss Janice, go ahead and say hey, hey, hey. And I am a 14-year-old in the Sacramento region. Perfect. And Miss Anaya, go ahead and round us out. Hi, everybody. My name is Anaya, and I'm an incoming junior. Incoming junior? Y'all think y'all grown? What? You said that the other day, and I'm like, how? <laughs> it's all good. So we're talking about, what are we talking about this week? What are we talking about? This was your topic, Miss Anaya. What are we talking about this week? So I wanted to bring up the fact how um, I see a lot of the times black boys degrading black women and saying that they rather have a white girl than a black girl as their partner or spouse or girlfriend, whatever. Okay. And so this the, the show is entitled Am I My Brother's Keeper? Because you also brought up the fact that a lot of times uh, black women and girls are on the forefront of some of these movements. And so we'll get into that as well. But we couldn't have this conversation responsibly without adding some gentlemen to the panel. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Oh, there they go. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, I'm going to let them introduce themselves and then we can get into the discussion. Why don't you go ahead and kick us off, Mr. Uh, Smith. How y'all doing? My name is Sean. I'm from Northern Arizona University and I'm 20 years old. And I'm okay. Come on, Keelan. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going into my second year of college at Stanislaus State University. 
And I think I may have cut you off. Did you say your name was Keelan Archie? Keelan Archie. Keelan Archie. Well, welcome to to the discussion because I know we got into it this morning at the office when we were kind of brainstorming about this topic. And um, if I could, I want to just um, it's it's one of those things, right? So we never want to be put in a position where it seems like there are some infighting, right? We never want to come across as if we're attacking uh, black men and boys, but we're just coming from a place of trying to understand. And uh, this is not a conversation really that is directed about the school per se, but it is kind of school related because you guys are going to to the same campuses and you are seeing certain things that are happening and you're trying to understand why so gentlemen do you prefer uh white women over black women and i'm just gonna go straight straight forward let's get into it did you <laughs> yeah yeah i didn't mute it guys preferably i love my black women that's just me though i can't speak for mm -hmm. Um, and I, I got to go with Sean on this one. Uh, I can definitely say as I've gotten older and started to realize the importance of the mental aspect of a relationship, I am more drawn to Black women than I am for other races. Now, some folks would, would kind of side-eye you um, a little bit. Um, some people who may have known you in high school. Uh, may side-eye you a little bit because they can look at your behavior on campus and say, well, that's you say that now, but that's not uh, what we saw from you. So can you kind of give us an idea of what was going on in high school where you didn't particularly um, gravitate towards Black girls? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um so I can definitely say when I was younger, um, growing up, as far as looking through media, looking through, you know, what's on TVs or what's in music videos, you're definitely saturated with this, not anti-black, but though the girls in the video are not are not going to be your typical black girls, right? Um, so growing up and seeing that on a daily basis, when it come when it came to choosing. Uh, like girlfriends, it was almost easier to see other races as dating material because of how often you see it in media. And yeah, and my question was, you said they were not typical black girls. Can you explain that to people who may be listening? What does not typical black girls mean? So you, at least in the music videos, you get the you know, you get your stereotypical red bone or the black girl who has naturally straight hair or, you know, stuff of that nature. And I I can honestly say, and I, I may be wrong, I have yet to meet a single black girl with naturally straight hair. It, it just, it doesn't typically happen, at least in my life. Um, but you're, you're conditioned to see things that aren't real and then look for them in, in your high school or wherever you're going um, as far as dating wise, and you typically see those traits in other races. Mm, okay. And so ladies, can you, or you were saying something, Janice? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, what were you about to say, gonna, Mama? I was going to jump in because honestly, I can foresee, sometimes I could see why it will be our black males not really gravitating toward us. 
sometimes because a lot of the times when we're, when we're in schooling, especially like high school, middle school, everyone's finding themselves. And especially when it comes to being a female and being a black female, a lot of more so student body gravitates toward us because, oh, you're the black girl or you're that one black girl. So then it's more so you're popular. You hang out with a lot of people. You hang out with a lot of different people. And then sometimes your crowd isn't the right crowd. And then when they see you in your crowd and sometimes I'm not going to lie, the crowds, y'all be kind of especially when we're surrounded by people who aren't our races and people that aren't in our, our races, they don't have to deal with the problems we deal with. So they get to cut up with no disciplinary, no disciplinary that like no, um, what's the face, no consequence for their cutting up. But us, we are treated differently. We are, you know, disciplined differently. So it's just like when we're finding ourselves, I can somewhat understand why the black males, some of them wouldn't gravitate toward us. But then at the end of the day, it isn't. It isn't fair because then you'll see a uh, red bone cutting up and y'all would think that's attractive or that's that's cute. But then when you see a black girl cutting up, we're ratchet. We don't know how to act. We're ghetto, all the other things. So I want to know where y'all comes from. Is there like a, um, is that what the homeboys talk about in the group chats? Is that what the teams be talking about? Because it'd be them teams. Y'all be, oh, y'all athletes. Let me tell you. So I want to know. I'm curious. So I'm trying to understand the question. I, I, I think I get what she's saying. Um, I don't know her experience with athletes or what she got against yeah, us. Like, yeah, we're going to look at that over there. Yeah, um, yeah, that'd be a different story. Hold on. Um, yeah, but I think it stems back to that, like, again, we, what's your condition to see in media, right? Um, and I could definitely say, uh, or at least, or at least from my take on it, it's more of a, not a oh it's acceptable um as far as when a, a red bone is doing it but it's almost become go ahead time, time out now there are some folks who are from outside of our community trying to figure out what y'all talking about are red bones and regular black girls so i'm going to need you all to understand that everybody doesn't know what you're talking about so when you say red bone you're talking about the lighter complected black women when you say regular black girls, you talking about the darker complected black women. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Black women and girls. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so <laughs> y'all gotta understand that that everybody doesn't know what you're talking about. So go ahead, Keelan. I'm sorry to to interrupt, but I wanted to make that point. No, you're you're fine. You're fine. Um, but yeah, I, I believe it stems from you know, watching our, our black girls who are of the lighter complexion in these music videos or in these, you know, TV shows. And honestly, it's become a desensitized sexualization of it because mm -hmm. now, because we see it so often and our lighter, our um, black girls who are of lighter skin are typically not seen, you know, reading the books or doing the homework. They're typically seen in the bikinis taking pictures, you know, for the music video. Right. So then you turn around and you see our darker skinned black girls doing it and we see what's wrong with it. But it's wrong in the same degree as if it was a lighter skinned girl. We just because of how media has portrayed it to us, it's almost become as an acceptable sexualization. So I do agree with the whole media aspect. I see our youth now as more they, they follow trends, They're not really trendsetters. They follow trends. So whatever they do see on the media, they think that's what's in. And so typically it's not a sense of formal attractions, it's more a sense following the trend of what is to be. Mm. When I see all these rappers out here, 
who they're with. They're following that trend because they possibly think that's saying it's not really a formal attraction. It's more mental than physical. Mm. Well, Janice, you brought up something very interesting. And I think that we talked about this earlier in the office. There are certain behaviors that are accepted from girls who are lighter complected than there are of the dark skinned uh, black girls. And that book that was covered in uh, the push out uh, uh, by Monique, uh, Dr. Monique. Uh, I can't even think of her name, but this, this phenomenon, it dates back really, it has historical origins, right? The, the house, uh, the house in the field niggers, right? That's what it was. Um, the ones who were of the lighter shade were allowed to be in the house closer to probably their father or their master, right? And then the darker ones were kept out in the field. And so for some reason, for because of proximity, there are proximity to whiteness, there are certain behaviors that are allowed from certain groups of black folks that would not be allowed from the, the opposite end of the spectrum. So how does that kind of um, show up in your life idea? Um, being uh, one of the lighter complected uh, young ladies, um, how does colorism uh, show up in your life in, in day to day? How does that affect you? Yeah, so I think light skin privilege is like definitely a real thing, especially in the black community. When you're lighter, you're obviously like treated very, very differently. Um, I think sometimes like I'm very like, like very, when I talk to like school officials and stuff like that, and I'm talking about school, I'm very like, I'm never labeled as like aggressive or anything like that. You know what I mean? No matter what I do. Um, two, I think like I hear a lot of like colorist things people will say. And then it's like, I hear like kind of stuff about like coming, like about me, like, oh, you have the good hair. You know what I mean? And kind of like, what does that mean? You know, who, who has the bad hair? Um, and like a lot of things degrading dark skinned black women. So yeah, I think it definitely plays a role role um, in school, you know what I mean? Like how I'm treating and how I'm labeled. And um, also just like how I'm seen by black men and just other men in general. So I'm assuming they assume that you're mixed. So do you get get that question often? And how do you respond? Yeah, so most people just assume like I'm black and white and they when they ask, I'm just like, yeah, black and white. I mean, there's no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, Melissa, how does uh, colorism show up in your experience, do you believe? Um, I've been asked if I was mixed because of my hair. I used to wear my hair like natural in my afro and curls a lot. And when I was little, I remember we walked into a store and we were checking out and the cashier was like, oh, oh ask my mom, oh, is her dad white? Like, what, is she mixed with something because of my hair and it just makes me think that it it's degrading people who aren't mixed because it's like why do I have to be mixed to have the kind of hair that I do you know and like you were saying it starts I feel like Denise, for... what about you oh for me I was very into down about it I personally always had a lot of experiences because one of like my closest friends, like she's been my best friend since third grade. So we've gone through, we went through same elementary school, same middle school. So we went through the schooling process together. Y'all all know how the educational system is. But then when it comes to us hanging out and then us being around teachers, when she would do something or say something, kids, our peers, especially our males, 
I wouldn't say they were all black because my school was very diverse, but they'd always view her as, oh, she's ratchet. Oh, she's loud. And then when I would do the same thing, they would be like, oh, who made her mad? Or, oh, what's wrong with her? Or, and they, and it was just like a difference in how they would treat us, how they would view us and how they would, you know, address us and what they would call us to be. Like they will, I would hear people sometimes because sometimes we wouldn't always be together. And I'd hear people, oh, the ratchet one who be hanging with the little lighter one. And it's just like, that's my best friend. We do the same thing. So if she's ratchet, I'm ratchet then. But it's because of her darker complexion, they will label her as, oh, her actions, oh, she's ratchet, oh, she's ghetto. But mm-hmm. more say, if I were to do the same thing, some people, they would just look at me and kind of, you know, push push forward. But then she would get mm-hmm. the label, oh, ratchet, oh, ghetto. And it's very upsetting because it's just like other races and other, you see other colors doing the same thing, but it's just like, we're not all treated the same and our consequences are definitely not the same because I've watched her get screamed at by our, our math teacher for doing one of the things I did and all he did was tell me to calm down. Literally, he told me to sit in my seat and calm down and he starts, and then he yelled at her in front of the whole class. And I can tell it wasn't more so because of what we did because the action was still the same. Honestly, I think what I did was kind of worse and he screamed at her in front of the whole class. Mm. So it just shows to say how we're treated very different especially with you know her being darker and me being a little bit lighter mm. Anaya um so I can agree with Melissa when um when I was younger people used to ask my mom if my dad was white because of how light I was um it's like we'd be in the store and people would be like oh is her dad white because um my mom was darker than me not by like a lot but you know when you're younger you're a little bit lighter than you are until you get you know more sun and whatnot so yeah people used to ask my mom that and she's like well what if he is like what's why are you why do you need to ask that so -hmm. I think that's like the only experience that I can um think of but I also had a question for just in general for the boys if they want to answer this or the men if they want to answer this how they were saying in media how that creates the mindset for the black men. But I I don't have that experience to know that, but I, my question is, is it the media or is it some black men truly hating what they look like and they take that out on black girls? Cause I feel like, you know, society saying all this about the black men and then them saying, oh, well, let me escape that. Let me go have mixed babies, you know? Yeah, that's my question. Oh, I, 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 because I definitely would have missed that. I have to commend that question. Absolutely. Um, and I can definitely see where that would play a role as far as not being comfortable in not only your own masculinity, but your own race and, and uh, in your own skin and seeing as a, seeing an inter- interracial relationship almost as an outlash towards it. You know, because if because if I don't if I don't like it in me, then I'm not gonna like it in my son. And if I don't like it in my son, then I'm not gonna be able to raise my son. Mm. So let me give him an upper hand in life, and reach out outside of my race and try to see if that's better. I can definitely see where our own insecurities would be the one to paint that picture. That that's that's a good point. I would have missed that one. I like that. Mm. And Lex, Lex, you said yes, Anaya. So what do you mean? Uh, what are you agreeing with? Okay, um, sorry if I'm lagging. 
I don't know if you guys can hear me, but um, I we have definitely experienced. Okay, okay, good. Um, I, I've seen plenty of videos all um everywhere about black men, you know, going out in the world and saying, "Oh, I prefer a light skin over a dark skin," or "I would much rather date someone outside of my race." And a lot of times, you the things they say is also very degrading. So it's not like they're just saying. I'm going to date outside my race because it's a broader spectrum and I want to get out there and explore more. They're saying that, but they're also degrading their own race. And so I'm questioning where is that hate coming from? And so I think maybe they're not as confident in themselves. So they're making, they're spewing that hate outward by going not only outside of the race to date other people, but to do this in spite of their, in spite of their own race, so to say, because they're not confident in themselves, they're gonna go out and say like, um, he, I don't want to say your name wrong, um, Keelan. Keelan mm -hmm. said, you know, <laughs> they don't want to affect their babies because they say if their babies are gonna look like me, I don't want to be in that family, in that surrounding, in that area. So they're like, let me not do that to myself and my child I'm going to go outside of my race because I'm not comfortable with myself in my own skin well I think the bigger question would be where does that come from and of course we can't assume that Keelan and Sean speak for every black boy or black man out there but oh you got your hand up yes sir uh, I was gonna say aside from the insecurities of black men I was going to ask do you think it's probably from a personal experience they had with the black woman that makes them be like, oh man, I need something else. You know, like they have like that. You, you <laughs> and I said no. No, because no, um, no, because this one boy who went to my school, he's black, he never dated a black girl, and then all he dated was Asian girls. So I don't think it's a bad experience, it's just the lack of wanting it. Okay, or a preference, but, right? But, it could but, be a preference. It yes, Denise. Be, it could be a preference. Everybody has their preferences. Like we all like what we like. And you know, some people when they like what they like, they don't want to try something different. But I remember there was a time when being dark skinned was a bad thing for black males and black women. There was a time to where before this all before our society was more to the self-love movements, embracing ourselves, embracing our people. There was a time where people would kind of just be like, Oh, he's dark skinned. Like, oh girl, you like him, he's dark skinned. Like Oh, you got the dark skin. And that's how and we that's how we will label our brothers. We'd be like, oh, darky, or I've heard people call black males blacky and stuff like that. So it's just like as ladies, sometimes we can't necessarily be so upset towards the men because they have been conditioned to what we say about them too. Like honestly, sometimes I couldn't technically be mad or knock a male for not preferring to deal with a black girl, but it's just like, you know, you haven't dealt with black every black girl in the universe. So you know what? Pipe it down, sir. But it's just like we were disrespectful to them at one point, too. So we can't technically be as upset about the disrespect because we used to discriminate against them, too. Before this thing was dating black men was a trend. And before it was more so you see all the celebrities doing it. It wasn't like this, like more so uh, brown skin, dated brown skin, you know, stuff like that. And it wasn't girls weren't really as into dark skinned. And honestly, we kind of used to knock them and not want to stay away from them. So I could kind of see why black males would kind of want to, you know stay away from the black girls because honestly sometimes we can be very mean um okay. i want to jump in next if that's okay um 
so one first thing um the thing you're saying you know about having like a bad experience with a black girl I mean I just think personally I just think that's kind of an excuse sometimes because I feel like nobody says that about any other race like I had a bad experience with a white girl I had a bad experience with a Latina girl something like that like nobody ever says that so I feel like it's only comes like oh I want to date white girls now oh black girls are mean to me in middle school type thing like I just, I don't know. I don't think, I just think that's somewhat an excuse. And then second, kind of like what Janice was talking about, about like also talking about like black women on the other side of it. I think we also um, also need to check like black women's colorism at the end of the day, because a lot of, not even black women, just other races in general too. But a lot of people will, nowadays you see them preferring like dark skinned men. And usually, not always, but usually that's because dark skinned men are viewed as like more masculine, more manly, blah, blah, blah. Right. So on the flip side, that robs dark skinned black women of their femininity. So I just think like kind of like what Denise said, I think we both need to check ourselves at the end of the day. But I think colorism is still very relevant, not only in black males, but also in black women. That's a good point. I agree. I agree with Mm -hmm. what you were saying. Um, I think it was a good point, you know, and I think that society sees black people as a monolith. So if there is an experience like he said with one black girl they're gonna see every single black girl as that not just the dark-skinned girls but the light-skinned girls too so maybe they will will want to date white women so they see us as a monolith and that's problematic yes a monolith is problematic because i don't think that um we've ever really looked at the things around us right and in the fact that we have presented ourselves as a monolith and we've allowed them to kind of put us in this one big basket, not looking at culture, not looking at where other black folks may have been from, not taking in the richness of everything around us, but all just everybody's this way. And that has robbed us, I think, of some relationship building that we could have been uh, doing between one another. Um, I also think that, um, especially in the school setting, that there are things, like you said, Janice, things that are tolerated from students who are lighter complected as opposed to their counterparts. And there are things that um, darker skinned children are overly punished, right? And they're not given the benefit of the doubt. They're seen as older than they actually are. They're seen as uh, not having the capacity to deal with pain. That's all black children. But for the most part, darker skinned black children don't let them be bigger in terms of, uh, um, you know, not skinny, <laughs> you know, don't let them be bigger and, and, and older than, you know, and look older because then they're dealt with harsher. So do you think that there's something that we can say to administrators or to teachers to how they can better deal with black students? Or do you think that we have to work within ourselves to figure out how we can better relate to one another so that when we see it happen, we can jump on it right at that moment. What do you guys think? I feel like really us like seeing each other, you know, as all, because honestly, before I was in BYLP, I was a different person. And now that I have learned to accept my people, love on my people and see how amazing I was because I used to do gymnastics. I used to be around people that weren't my color. I went to gymnastics in an area that was predominantly white. So I wasn't around people of my color. So kind of when I viewed black people, I didn't view us of now how I see my people. I see a black male. Oh, that's my brother as a brother or sister. Oh, okay. Are they straight? Are they good? I'd want to check in on them. But then I kind of view them as, okay, like 
I then I kind of see a black man, I kind of get a little scared because that's what I was around. Like, I didn't know better. I didn't know that my people were as loving as we are because that's not what we're portrayed as. You looked in the news, you looked in the media, and I wasn't around black people. All I seen was the news in the media. The media portrays us as monsters. So I would have never knew. But now that I'm more so, now that I'm a part of VILP and that I have something that to connect me to my people, that allows me to know we're all amazing. We're brilliant. We're kind. We're loving. But we have to, you know, access that part of us and start to be that part of ourselves because when you don't have love for yourselves, you can't show love to other people. So honestly, when I see a black male or I encounter one that isn't as loving or just is more so hard as a person, I wouldn't more so be like, oh, let me stay away from him. Like you've gone through something like conditionally something has occurred in your life. So I feel like the more so the more we get connected with ourselves, the more we're able to tell administration, treat that dark skinned boy how you would treat the white one. Treat us how you would treat the Latina kid or the Asian kid. And the more we're connected, we get together and the more we can stand together, the more administration can see, okay, what we're doing is not right. How we just address him is not right. And if we can accept each other, we're able to address the administration for them. Like, why would you just do that to him? We can step in for our, for our, our peers, but we have to connect with our peers in order to step in for them. That's what's up. I want to Tell add it. on to what Janice was saying. Okay. Uh, Lex, um, because I, I can directly relate to that. Um, I'm lighter. My sister's darker than me. And so when we go out a lot, she's always like, why is this guy staring at me? Like, he's staring at me. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, he's staring at you? I, I, I couldn't even tell I didn't have any correlation. Um, and, you know, a lot of times we'd go out and these things would happen and we'd have no idea why. But like Jenny said, when we started um, in, to be wild people, we started understanding how a lot of people perceive us and how people look at us so now when they look at us we know why they're looking at us we can look back and we can tell them to stop looking at us and so you kind of can start to understand what exactly it is why people are targeting us and then what we can do to stop it or like put a cushion in front of it so it's not as intense and so we're not as affected by it so once people start getting more into our own community and talking to each other and seeing how we could bounce ideas off of each other, how we can go out to the world with a different perspective and a different understanding of why it is the way it is. I think then we could start speaking to our admin and all these other higher ups to say, stop doing this because you're damaging our people, not just um, being a loud voice, but being a loud voice and having that message behind that as well. Let me ask you something. You you brought up the fact that you and your sister are different skin tones. It do you think your sister is treated differently than you are? I would say yes. Not in it ha there hasn't been a lot of situations that that has occurred up front. It's taken me a little while and reflection to realize that we've been treated a little bit differently, but there definitely has been situations where I was kind of looked over and then she got a lot of the harsh punishment um, and discipline on her end. Mm. I can relate to that. Mm -hmm. um, my sister is also darker than me. And even within our own family, I can see that they treat her differently when she's um, not outspoken, but she speaks her mind. But I do the same thing. And the way they react to it is much different. They think that she's being problematic and is talking too much. And so it's frustrating because, you know, I would be YLP. And so I was taught with you guys to if you see something, you're going to say something and you're going to make sure you're saying it respectfully. 
Um, but if you feel that's in your heart, you're going to say that. And my sister does the same thing, but she's darker than me. And I can see it within our family that when she says something, they think that it's a problem. But when I say something, it's not. Mm. Yeah, I, I would agree with that because my sister is also darker than me. Um, and that was brought to my attention. I never saw that. Um, I didn't, I didn't have that lens. Um, but I realized that my sister, there is a way that she carries herself, um, as to not be viewed, uh, as aggressive or, um, she's very much, um, she's, she's, what is that? Um, the, uh, respectability politics, in my opinion, um, my sister is much more apt to go towards the respectability politics. Now, y'all that know me, you know, that I'm a rebel. And I say what I want to say the way that I say it. And then you will figure out what you want to do about it. Um, but I think that I've been allowed to carry on in spaces that I don't believe my sister would have been allowed to carry on. Um, there is a certain sort of privilege, I believe, um, that comes along with having um, lighter skin. Um, I'm still a black woman. And, you know, to white people, black folks are all the same. We're monolith. Um, but I do believe that there is a degree in which people handle me because we both worked at the Capitol. We both, you know, went through that track. But there is a way that I see people talking to my sister that I would never accept. And so there's a way, a different way that people respond to me as opposed to how they respond to my sister. And I think that um, growing up, she must have gotten somewhere that she could not speak the way that I speak. Or she could not do things the way that I do things and still it be acceptable. So how do you guys feel? Do you think there's a certain, I know Adia does, do Janice and Anaya and Sean or and Melissa and Lex, do you guys think that there is a privilege that comes along with being a lighter complected person? I mean, as, as the world sees us, you know, not just in the context of school, but period. Is there a privilege that you walk around in that you probably had not even um, considered before? What do you think, Anaya? I'd say yes. Because, um, like, I have one friend and her mom is, both her parents are Black, but her mom is same kind of the same color as me and her dad is a little bit darker. So she looks just like her dad. So she has a darker skin complexion, but her brothers and her mom and everybody in her family are a little bit lighter than her. So then when we would go out, she would be with us and everything. And people would be looking at her and they're like, oh, are you like lost or something? Is that your family? And I'm like, why are they saying that? Like, I'm I'm not related to them. I'm like, why are they not, why are they not saying that to me? They all like look alike and everything. And then when I grew up, I finally realized, like, that's the reason. That's why. Because of our skin color. Mm. Melissa, what do you think? Is there a privilege that we that exists that we probably weren't aware of? We just thought we was all Black? I think there is definitely a privilege. And I think it didn't necessarily start with the brown paper bag test, but that has some... Um, some it, that's part of it you know that was deliberately attempted that was deliberately put into place to divide the black community and now for that for those who don't know what you're talking about again what are you referring to when you say the paper bag test 
So the brown paper bag test was where your skin color would get compared. Each black individual skin color would get compared to a brown paper bag, which we know is a relatively light colored bag. If your skin matched or was lighter than the bag, you were essentially more likely to be accepted in society than a person with darker skin. Mm, okay. And I remember reading about that uh, brown paper bag uh, test in a book called Our Kind of People. If you've not read that, please go get that. Um, it's about uh, the black boule. And for those of y'all, you know, there's like the upper class people and then the middle class. These were the upper class people, the ones that had access to wealth and, and they thought themselves to be better or higher than other folks. Um, but it was a good book. I enjoyed the book. Um, Janice, what do you think? I completely agree, like 100%, because when the, in the media, like usually lighter complected women, we're seen often, literally, like you'll see the rappers, the influencers, they flaunt their brown skin, they'll flaunt their light skin, but it's more so when it comes to dark skins, we're not really praised as much as our lighter sisters, like mm -hmm. dark skinned women, they're not praised as much as us, lighter people, like it's usually more so I would see in the media, white men flaunt dark skins more than the black men do. Simply because mm -hmm. of more so, I don't know if it's popular, I don't know where the root of it comes from, but it's just like, we're more seen as, we're seen in society more as a prize, more, more of a greater prize than our sisters who would be darker than us. And it's not fair, it's very unfortunate because we're all amazing, but that's not how the world sees it. And that's not how we're viewed and that's not how we're treated either. Mm hmm Sean, what do you think? <laughs> I, I'm, multi I'm multitasking over here. So I feel as if when someone sees something that's different, they see different how. how. Um, different that? how. You said different, different how. Different as in something they're not used to, something that seems alien to them, perhaps. When people mm. see that, I feel as if they see power, and when people see power, they get highly intimidated. So seeing that, my mind is in the place that I want to see. Boy, you got to focus. See, you got to focus is the thing. <laughs> so you're saying that when they see something different, they see power. When you talk about different, are you saying uh, when they see non-black no, women? No, I see. Are you talking about women? Are you talking about? Black? I don't know what you're talking about. I'm, I'm trying I'm to figure about, it out. I'm talking about color. I'm talking about color. Oh. Yeah. Because you're talking about dark skins, right? Um, I wasn't particularly, but we can go there. I mean, I'm saying, do you about. think that there's a privilege that? Yeah. Okay. That's why I was, that's why I was pretending that too. Basically, okay. usually when people see something that's alien to them, they see something different. They see something that's powerful. People are usually intimidated by that power. So there's a certain privilege that they get. There's a certain air that they have when they walk into a room that's like, I'm going to stay away. Or they'll be attracted to it if you think I'm mm. hmm. And that's kind so of... Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying that's kind of how it is, especially being a Black man walking into a certain room with people. Okay, so walking into the room as a black man, you see, you feel powerful, or you see it's, other it's, things. It's, you see how other people react when you do walk into a room, depending on what okay. you walk into. Okay, and do you think that um, women flock to you? 
<laughs> no, <laughs> not not at all. Not not, not at all. all. Um, that's a different topic, though. But no, not at all. Okay. That's interesting because I know y'all were out earlier uh, today and y'all were doing some community outreach. And I know that, you know, you was getting flocked to, but anyway, that is a different conversation. So ladies, when we were talking yesterday, you say that black men or black boys, they say they don't want black girls, but then they go for non-black girls with the same features. Who was that that said that? Anaya? No, it was the who was that? It was who? I think I said it. Ladia? Okay. What did you what did you what did you mean by that? Well, yeah, I just see like a lot of black men say like they would never date a black girl. They're too loud. They're too getter, blah, 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 blah. And then they date a, like a white woman that like literally makes their whole personality trying to be like a black woman. Like they'd be using African-American vernacular English. They'd be out here getting like, um, what's it called? They'd be out here getting implants. They'd be out here getting big lips. They'd be out here getting box braids, all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, do you really not like black women or what is going on? Because they just date a white woman that like basically does everything they can to look like a black woman. Mm. Yeah. And I, I think yesterday we referred to that as the Kim Kardashian effect um, because for some reason, and, and personally, my, my personal opinion, and if anybody gets offended, you know, you'll work that out. Um, I, I think that some of these, these girls are, are walking sirens and they have this type of, I don't know what type of hold these Kardashian girls have on these black men. Like I can't for, for the life of me, figure that out. I can't figure out why out of all the women in the whole entire world, these girls keep landing these basketball players who must not have any sense. Like I'm just, or these rappers or whoever it else that they got a whole lineup that, that done ran through and they still are never, you know, they're never pushed to the side. They're never take a break. They just keep running these black men through. And I'm trying to figure out what type of potion they got and, and how do we eradicate it? Because I'm not sure what's happening because there, there's nothing, I don't know what they have to offer. I don't know why particularly they're famous. I've, I've seen some of the recent stuff that Kim has done in criminal justice and I, I applaud that, but I'm still trying to figure out why they're famous for what they've been able to do and conquer with black men. And so I think that what we're seeing is a whole different type of generation that aims to be these women and aims to have what they see these women have without kind of the the real of what they went through to achieve the looks that they have now because it wasn't natural. I 100% agree because we see, honestly, I encounter a lot of people, especially like young ladies and stuff. And I hear the side comments that are made like, oh, I want to work out. Or I want to do this. I've heard people say, especially my older family members, I have part of my family where I went to a party and almost every woman at that party had either a BBL, lipo, or had something done and it's just like it's very crazy to me because it's just like 
why? Like, I don't understand where the root comes from, especially when if you are insecure, you're it's an inside problem. It's not no matter how many butt shots you get, no matter how many breast jobs you get, no matter how many times they stick the little thing in your lip and make them bigger, like you're still going to have that problem. You're still going to be empty. And that is exactly why once people start getting lipo, they continue to get more and more and more, especially when they can't afford that. And we see it on the media and we see, oh, well, Kim K, look, she just got this done. And she just got that done. Or look at that. And it's just like, we got people going in debt trying to follow the trend that they can't even maintain. Because once you get something done in a few years, it's not going to look like that. So you're going to mm-hmm. have to get something done. You're going to have to work out to maintain it. Something's going to have to give. In your pockets, a lot of the time, women working a mediocre salary getting paid time to time, you know, for what they do. They can't afford to be spending 15 to 25 grand to get lipo done and redone and maintained. And personal trainers cost. You're right. So there's there's just a whole bunch of layers. It's like an onion and you have to keep pulling back the layers because what they're saying that they want or what they're gravitating to is not even something that was developed naturally. You know what I mean? And that's a problem. And you're right. It's it's it goes into the whole debt, and then you have people, you know, on social media, black women even trying now to get butt injections and butt lifts and doing all these things to keep up with something, but it's affecting their health or they're dying because that ain't supposed to happen. And so when we're talking about you know people being attracted to different different things, and we're talking about black men. And what their responsibility is. And I saw Lex, I think you were unmuting. So go ahead, you can unmute and I'll finish my sentence. When we're talking about the things that we see going on and we're looking at what our brothers are are gravitating towards and we're sitting here and when the stuff hits the fan, we're one of the first ones out there trying to protect them. How do, what message does that send to you as young ladies? What message does that send to you? Do you think, your help is valued. And I'll pose that question. I would say I would say no because um I think I feel like we go out there um we're doing these things to attract males. They still avoid us and turn their eyes away. You know, they're like, Oh, I want this, I don't want you, so stop trying. And then something happens to them and then we're um, supposed to be there to help pick them up and the media always um, like the big sister or the person who's always grieving because something happens to our black boys or our black men and we're always you don't see the white people or the other people that they're attracted to or out there for standing up for them the same degree as we do and we're also not shown in media as being upset or like just wishing that these things didn't happen picking them up it's always us that i think black women always get the tail end of it we're always seen as upset in the media because of something that happened to this person and they never show us in a positive light with our black men they always make it negative and we're always grieving so it makes us not want to be there it makes us feel like we're not valued and then they ask why are you a single mother and why isn't your um father here with you because we the media is making it seem like relationships aren't valued at the end of the day Mm. so you just brought up a whole nother issue and i don't think we have time to delve into that um because you know (laughs) 
there, there's just like it's just so much, and I'm trying to keep us focused. And and of course, we're just veering every which way because there's so many different layers to the complexities of relationships between black men and black women. And of course, when we got on here, we said that we didn't want to use this platform to be seen as one that we're competing or we're trying to down the black men um, or black boys. What we're trying to do is understand because point blank period, I ain't going nowhere. I'm always going to fight for black children, black boys, um, regardless of how they act because they deserve a champion too. but I do think that it is one of those things where you're trying to figure out what gives, right? At the end of the day, like I'm expending all of this energy. I'm doing what I'm not seeing other people reciprocating. And yet, and still, there's not the same energy all the time. And I think what y'all are asking for is the same energy, Janice. Exactly. Because honestly, when things go down, it's more so in us to stand behind our people than it is in the other races to, you know, back us up. Honestly, outside of my BYL commu- BYLP community, I feel like it is very unappreciated appreciated how hard Black women go for Black men when it comes to hardships, injustices, like mental awareness, like things like that. I feel like Black men, they don't really appreciate it. Like they don't see it as something that doesn't have to be done for them. They think, oh, well... Y'all should be doing that or y'all have to be doing that or they don't even acknowledge it at all. And it's unfortunate because we have black people who do so much empowering work when it comes to criminal justice reforms, helping people. But then you see Kim K's Kim K get completely praised for her little um her little thing, like praised, honored, like she was Jesus who walked on water. But we have black women doing 10 times more and risking their lives, risking their safety, because they don't like when black people do us. They don't like when black people fight for our people. And they sometimes go to out with getting without getting any acknowledgement. So it's just mm-hmm. like, it's kind of ridiculous to me, like very because they expect that army behind them, but then they don't give it to us when we're in need. They don't even show us love. This is more mm-hmm. so, oh, oh. Now, do you agree with that statement, Sean? Do you agree that black men don't show black women love or the same type of love? Like I said, I can't really speak for every black man. Me, and we I, don't expect you to. Thank you for yeah. saying that. Yeah, I just, I just <laughs> had to put that in the air because me personally, I do appreciate my my black women standing beside me. Uh, on the aspect though of, I think it was being overlooked for like what you have given us, and I seen someone in the chat say something about it being matched. I feel like people come from personal experience. Me, I'm I'm a typically a nice guy. So when I do meet a black woman and I do commit that niceness, it is overlooked because it's, there's a certain way I feel like most women they want a man they want a strong man, obviously. They want a strong man, but seeing how the media is, I feel like the definition of a strong black man gets kind of misconstrued depending on who's watching what. So mm. it's kind of a case-by-case scenario based on who watches what and what their audience is and who they're looking up to. So mm. I've always been told I, I'm too nice. So I get over there. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so you talking about that that whole women want a bad boy type vibe then, not yeah, the nice right, guys. Right, right, okay, so okay. I, see, that's a whole nother one. See, I told you there's some it, layers. It's a, whole, it's a whole rabbit hole. It's a whole conglomerate. <laughs> of a lot of things honestly there's you can get pulled every which way so it is kind of hard to if you see what i'm saying but yeah i do i do do appreciate 
my black women. I do appreciate. I mean, I know my girl supports me to a fault. <laughs> so I do really, I do really appreciate it. But me and my mother used to talk about this a lot, especially if I ever didn't have interest in a woman of another race. And she would be like, do you, she always ask me that question. Do you feel like you need to do more for her than you need to do for your, like, you know, your past relationships? And it's mm-hmm. like, no, because I judge people by the content of their character. I'm a reciprocator. So whatever you give to me, I give back to you. Right. Okay. But that's me. Yeah. From what I see, like I said, it's a lot of trends. It's really a lot of people following what the next person is doing or like what they see on the on music videos or the media. But that's just what I'm seeing. It's like, oh. I ain't seen no music videos in years. So I don't know if I could go for that. I don't know about that. Uh, like I said, the 90s, I think they did a whole disservice to um, Black women with the, um, what you call it, the exotic women. Uh, Melissa, you were unmuted. What were you going to say, love? I wanted to add something um, to the whole Kim Kardashian thing. I think that people want to be, I've said it before and I'll say it again, they want to be us without the struggle. So they'll get the the body and whatever, they'll pay for that, but will they be out there fighting for, fighting for the Black people that they want to be? So, you know, we are beautiful, strong people, not just black women, but black people as a whole. And then white people or even other black people see that beauty and that lifestyle and they hate it and they envy it. So, you know, that kind of ties together everything that everyone has been saying. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I just think that we have to be be careful with how we are trying to relate what it is that we're trying to say. Like, we have to be clear that this is not a platform to attack anybody. It's just, again, putting it, the issues out there so that we can talk about them in an open forum and try to get some understanding because there's a lot of things that we don't know and we don't see how the other person is interpreting the actions that are being put forth. And Didi, I did see you unmuted and Janice, I saw you too. So go ahead, Didi. Um, yeah, I was just going to talk about kind of like earlier what Janice was talking about, about like Kim Kardashian, like doing the criminal justice reform, like creating praise, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I was just going to say like, too, like I often hear the argument like, oh, like I only want to date white women because I feel like they appreciate me more, they appreciate me more, whatever. But like you kind of look and like who, what is standing up for your life and fighting for your life day and day, day in, day out? Like not appreciating you, you know what I mean? So I was like kind of bouncing off what Janice said about like, black women's work being overlooked because like it's like oh we don't appreciate you guys like white women appreciate you more when they're the same ones as racist and they're the same ones that just want to have mixed kids you feel me so yeah I just want to like jump in on that and I wanted to jump in on like what we had said because in no way shape or form but like I feel like our culture is so easily offendable like in no way shape or form we're coming for people but we're more so putting it out there how it is if you get offended, I mean, that's more so a personal problem. I feel like it's a problem within society that everybody's so easily offendable. Like, we can spit stuff out, but we can dish things to others, but we can't take back what we done dished out. Like, it's, e- it's easy to be like, get offended, but you know, sometimes the truth has to be accepted. And that's what we do on this platform is we talk about the truth, and the truth has to be brought to light because what is done in the dark will always come to the light. Yeah. And one one other thing, because you were talking about black women doing the work. Now, let's just be honest. There are black men out on the streets doing the work, too. Uh, We are not seeing them. Um, We are not praising them and their efforts. There are black men who are 
you know, standing up for women, going shop to shop like the New Era Chicago that I've seen um, when people disrespect black women in these stores, they're going and they're showing up. Um, so we we have to acknowledge when it's being done, it's being done, right? Um, but what I will say is a lot of times there are things that black girls and black women can do that our men can't. Most of the time when we show up to these protests, it's because another black body has been dropped and we're angry and we're, we're irate about something um, and we're trying to see systemic changes, right? And of course, those who are not here with us cannot be the ones standing up and fighting too. Um, there are things that our men are targeted. I mean, and we have to acknowledge that they're targeted in some of these spaces. So they can't really move freely like black women sometimes can. On the caveat, we do understand that when there are injustices, say, for instance, when George Floyd was uh, killed and then Breonna Taylor, George Floyd got more attention. And they were both egregious. Right. But his people, the people who did that to him have been arrested. The people that did that to her have faced no consequence as of yet. The Joker got a book. <laughs> one of the one of the officers that did that has a book deal. So we do have to call that out and we have to talk about that. There are different ways that society treats us when these things happen. And so our job is to actually look at it and say, okay, we have to close this gap between the two of the two of us, both black men and black women. And then we have to learn to move lock and step and stop allowing people to come in and place doubt. We have to stop allowing black women to develop organizations on the deaths of black men and not funnel the money to their parents, period. We have to stop that. We have to stop lifting people up who are coming in and intentionally destroying our communities. We have to call that out. And if the, Tamir, Tamir Rice's mom has a problem with activists benefiting off the death of her son, we have to be like, yeah, we should have a problem too. You know why? Because it's not our son. It's not our son. They have to deal with the trauma of no longer having that person in their life. And we cannot continue to elevate people in our community who are doing things that the families are telling you are detrimental. And that goes for black women and black men, both of them. Ambulance chasers, these, these people who continue to show up every time a black person dies so that they can work on a settlement in the best interest of their pockets, we have to call that out too. And as a community, we have to be intentional about calling that out. Not, no one person speaks for everybody. We don't have no Messiah leadership in this community. Everybody gets to work, but we're not gonna do that off the death of black men. We're not doing that. And we're not gonna elevate ourselves because no one person is bigger than the collective. And we have to understand that. That's just my two cents. Anybody have anything else to add? Cause we are running out of time. No, we could just put a period in that. Okay, cool. So, uh, <laughs> If you like this podcast, we have about, I don't know, two more, three more episodes left in, in June, and we're going to take a break until uh, the next school year. Um, so it, follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Get caught up if you've missed any of our previous episodes. Um, we would like to also inform you that we are having a celebration weekend, June 18th and 19th. 
um, here in Sacramento. We have our prom event on Friday the 18th and our black grad on um, Saturday the 19th. I've seen people uh, posting angry faces on our announcements on Facebook and Instagram. You keep doing it, I'm gonna screenshot it and show everybody. Um, because this is a time for celebration. We're gonna celebrate our kids and we're gonna celebrate ourselves and we don't care if you don't like it, uh, period. So with that, we gonna hit y'all. <laughs> Uh, we appreciate you being here before we hit you with the wave. We appreciate you being here. We appreciate you rocking with us for now 16 weeks or 17 weeks. We're on our 17th week. Um, Janice, you got something real quick? And don't forget to get your Black versus the Board of Education shirt at BYLP.org. Yep, you can get your shirt and everything. Come support the young ladies, support our podcast. Uh, we do it because we believe that in empowering the voices of young people to tell you how they're feeling. And if you don't like it, that's your problem, not theirs. Uh, so with that, we're going to hit you with the wave. We'll see you next Monday. Uh, same time, same bad channel, 4 o'clock live, Facebook and YouTube. One, two, three, we're going to hit you with that wave. We'll see you next time. Take care.